Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed and I'm joined as always by my good friend, Mike Luciano. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Are you recovered from the absolute disgrace of offensive football that we were unfortunately witness to on Monday night? How are you? I actually feel worse because I thought that a lot of the Zach Wilson defenders, the Zach Wilson truthers, a lot of that would just be... It just they're just reactions to try to get something positive out of the atrocity that wasn't even NFL football on one side of the ball that we witnessed. That's what I thought it was. Turns out, no, they're dead serious. Again, as I said in the other podcast, we may not deserve good quarterback play if we're trying to say that this is passable quarterback play. That's the level we're on. And of course, Early in the Jets week in the Jets media sphere, what has dominated the talk? Zach Wilson talk again. And then of course, Robert Sala. You want to talk about sticking your foot in your mouth. What he said on the Michael K show and other platforms, and again earlier today in his media availability, that was some of the most confusing things I've ever heard a coach say. And then he has the the coup de gras that he says earlier today when talking about Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon that we'll get to a little bit later. But before all that, I have a message for you guys. Ooh, our tell. friends over at DraftKings. Yes, sir. I just need to go get the ad read. Up. Pull it up. Let us let us know. Let us know what this this glorious. Well, I'll do get the house key. By the way, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be that you get your podcasts. We are on all those sites, and we're on YouTube and TikTok. Both of them are at the Jet Press. Make sure you subscribe there. Also, quick. Uh, Quick note for you guys, because we now can do super thanks on the channel. So because of that now, if you ever want to give a little bit, literally I think $2 is one of the donations you give. You don't have to pay a dime ever to watch the Jet Press. But if you want to show your support for the show, oh my goodness, if you want to show it that way. Say that five times fast, my goodness. And the reason we could do that is because you guys helped get us the 500 subscribers. But we are having a great start to the show. Yes, sir. 1,000 is next. And, of course, if that happens, then I will have to eat the the Aki Way sandwich. Yep. I believe it's called where I got to eat, what is it, a honey bun? And (laughs) it's like hot Cheetos and 
it it's not looking it's not looking good. I think I think we're gonna get there. If not, I can create some bot accounts. I'll make sure we get there. You know, don't worry. Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. But okay, I will. I will suffer for you, people. Uh, I just can't find the ad read right now. Uh, I, I, I I can grab it. Ready? I'll do the ad read. There we really go. Quick. There we go. Okay, with the show. Ready. From our friends over at DraftKings. Hey, Jets fans, DraftKings is running a new promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. That is a lot. Uh, all you have to do is sign up with our code FSBETS that is on the screen for those watching on YouTube. Using our code FSBETS, that's F-S-B-E-T-S, not only gets you these great bonuses, but also directly supports our podcast. Of course, we always appreciate that. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use our code FSBETS to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Mike, let's talk about some Zach Wilson. Let's talk about how... This offense is bad, and maybe, just maybe, what they could do to fix it. Well, according to the Jets, they're not going to do anything different to fix it. They must think it's all hunky-dory because nothing's changing. And then Robert Sala, this is where I'm going to get my tinfoil hat on right now because what he said is some real X-File stuff. i got to go digging deep. There's got to be some extra influence out there on Robert Sala because he goes on the Michael K show and is asked point-blank a question that Every Jets fan, every Jets writer, every even just regular NFL unaffiliated media and fans are wondering about the Jets. Why are you at least even trying Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, any of these guys? At least try him if you have him on the roster. And Robert Solov just point blank frozen. This guy never is at a loss for words. Frieza says nothing and says, you got me, I'll plead the fifth. Now, when he says that, I have to believe that he is not making this choice because Robert Sala is a guy who will limit Quinn and Williams snaps on occasion, despite his insistence that he doesn't need it or his anger, I guess, for lack of a better word, when he does come out of the game. We've seen that on the sidelines before. He still does it, and he won't do it with Zach Wilson. So that leads me to believe that it's one of three people that are that's manipulating this whole situation. I'm going to go from most to least likely, in my opinion. Most likely is honestly probably Joe Douglas. Because Joe yeah. Douglas, even though he admitted that Zach Wilson was not the guy when he traded for Aaron Rodgers, that's a pretty big admission of failure there to say the guy picked number two overall, didn't even make it through two seasons, and we gave up a haul to get a 39 soon-to-be 40-year-old quarterback, of course, before we knew he would get hurt. Never underestimate the arrogance of NFL general managers, anytime they get a chance to show that a guy they picked was good, they're going to take it. I mean, look how many times a GM will get fired and they'll become some make work job, you know, senior personnel advisor to the blah, 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 and some other team. And then they sign a guy that they drafted from the first spot. That happens all the time. You don't think there's a part of Joe Douglas that goes, man, if Zach Wilson leads the Jets to the playoffs, I'm going to look like a big genius still because I'm going to be the guy who broke the streak with my guy, Zach Wilson, the quarterback. I have to believe that's out there. I'm not discounting Woody Johnson either as a potential owner meddling guy. This is someone who loves Zach Wilson, knows his family very well. Of course, we know Zach Wilson's extended family. I think his uncles, how well they've done in the business world, some of the connections they have with the Jets. We know that Woody, more a lot more than Chris, when Woody was being an ambassador to the United Kingdom because of his own connections, we know that Woody's a lot more hands-on than his brother is 
it would not surprise me one bit if a Jets ownership group that has meddled in the past is meddling again. Or because they're, they're probably saying, well, let's start Zach Wilson if everything else is bad. You know, Boyle and Simeon, even if Robert Sala wants to make a change. That would not surprise me one second. And then the last one is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we screamed and shouted and hooted and hollered and banged our desk for everything. Get a backup quarterback. Get a backup quarterback. We can only say it so many times in the offseason. Didn't happen. And I think Rodgers had a big yeah, because Rodgers, misguided or not, loves Zach Wilson. He thinks the world of him. He sees his potential. And obviously, uh, Rodgers was Wilson's favorite player growing up. So there is a connection between the two. I guarantee you he said, you know what? Let him be the backup. I got it, and he can learn under me. Well, now that he's floundering, I think that Rodgers, who, again, is basically the GM. That's why Hackett's here. That's why Randall Cobb's here. That's why Billy Turner's here. That's why Alan Lazard's here. Th- those are all Rodgers things. You're telling me that Rodgers doesn't have some influence of saying ride with my guy instead of Tim. Oh, wait, Tim Boyle, another one of his guys that got brought in or Trevor Simeon. I, I have to at least think that something like that's going on. I think there's still a chance because I'm I'm never the conspiracy theory guy, right? Like I think there's absolutely a possibility that Robert Sala is not the one making this decision, but I also think it's totally feasible to me that the coaching staff would look at this and say, okay, I think they were like, they were this close to benching Zach Wilson going into that Chiefs game. And then he just had the best game of his career. And then they won a few games after that. So obviously you're not going to bench starting quarterback after some wins. And I think this week, Obviously, it's a problem, and that you know they, they the offense was embarrassed on national TV. But I imagine they're looking at it as okay, this is a short week. Like I don't think either of us expected the Jets, regardless of whether it's Salah's decision or whoever, to bench Zach Wilson after this week. As much as we might want them to, I don't think either of us expected that. It's a short week. They're looking at it as we won three in a row, even if it was not because of the quarterback. They won three in a row, and now they're saying, all right, we don't want to overreact to this one loss. I'm not saying that's the right mindset because it's not the right mindset because this offense has been bad for weeks. In spite of those wins, the Jets offense has been really bad. Zach Wilson is not a good backup quarterback. He's There are guys on the roster, or at least one guy, who I'd like to see given a shot because he does have a greater track record. And of course, that's Trevor Simeon. I don't know if it's Robert Sala doing it. I will say, I think the least likely person who would be interfering is Joe Douglas. I think that Douglas and Sala are mostly in sync with most things. I don't think... It would surprise me a lot if there was some sort of rift between them. I, I, don't, I There's nothing that we've ever heard that would indicate, indicate that. I think it's much more likely that Woody uh, has some say here because he can't overrule the owner. And if Woody is saying, hey, because no, what I imagine is if there is some situation where Sala is not the one making this decision, I imagine this is a situation that's been dating back to the offseason because – like you said, Mike, we weren't the only ones banging the table, but a lot of people were banging the table saying the Jets should go out and sign a legitimate backup quarterback. And I don't want to hear any of the excuses. It was completely feasible to sign one for, for a very reasonable price. You got Gardner Minshew out here in a $3.5 million deal or whatever. Mike White signed for $4 million. Hell, Case Keenum signed for $3 million. He's third string in Houston. So I don't want to hear anything like, oh, why would a quarterback sign here when they could just be a backup elsewhere? Sure, you can make that case for like a Jacoby Brissett, but Case Keenum's third string in with the Texans. He's the third string. For three million, there's no there's no excuse for why the Jets couldn't have added someone. And also, the money doesn't make sense because a few months after that, the Jets went out and paid Dalvin Cook seven million. They gave guys like Randall Cobb and Nico Hardman who were not even playing money that could have been used to to spend on a backup quarterback. So there's no excuse. So I do think if there is some sort of you know higher power at play here, that they're the reason. Whether it's Douglas, whether it's Woody, whether it's even Aaron Rodgers, that they're the reason that Zach Wilson is QB two going into the season. That said. 
I also wouldn't be shocked if the coaching staff was just saying, hey, we think Zach Wilson has what it takes to turn it around. We would like to see him develop under Zach Wilson, and we're comfortable enough with him as QB2. And let's bring in one of Hackett's boys. Let's bring in Tim Boyle. I really think ultimately that's just what it came down to and that there wasn't a higher power at play. But no one knows. We don't know. Either way, the Jets are in the situation they're in right now. Zach Wilson is starting another week. You'd hope. You would hope. And I can't say I know, and I can't say I'm confident. But you would hope that if he struggles again, they would consider making a change. Unfortunately, Mike, you and I both know if the Jets win that game, Zach Wilson could throw four interceptions. If they win that game or even close to winning it, we're going to hear Robert Sala after the game say, I didn't think it was Zach's worst game. I thought there were positive takeaways. He kept us in the game. We're going to hear that. He says that when he loses. Right, right. We're going to hear that. And unless the Jets are blown out again on, on primetime football by the by Aiden O'Connell and the Las Vegas Raiders, I don't think the Jets consider making a change at quarterback. And we we both know they're not making a change in offensive coordinator because you know the hell would have to freeze over before they considered firing Aaron Rodgers' boy, Nathaniel Hackett. So it'll just come down to what happens against the Raiders. Obviously, we want the Jets to win. Obviously, I'm rooting for Zach Wilson. But man, oh man, if it's a close game and they lose and the quarterback stinks it up again, and I and I hear Robert Sala after the game saying, oh, we think there are positive takeaways. We are not considering a change. We're not even considering elevating Trevor Simeon. I'm going to be livid. And I, I imagine a lot of Jets fans will feel the same way. And it would – because, again, I like Sala so much. And I, I, I genuinely – everybody, oh, fire Sala. Like, do you realize this no. defense would no. not be that good? without Robert Sala and Jeff Olbert, like you're going to lose the defense and then you're going to hire a coordinator who's younger than Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't know and probably would fire Hackett. Like you get a grip people. The fire Sala talk is so dumb. It's very, but he's got this blind spot for Wilson, but it may not even be him though. It might be somebody we don't know. And we'll never know. So that's the tough part. But the thing I'm frustrated with is we, we bemoan Zach Wilson truthers who, I've never seen the Zach Wilson truthers this this crazy before. I saw a guy in the Jeff Press reply saying, stick with him because he could turn out to be Steve Young. That, right. that is not an exaggeration. He posted a <laughs> screenshot of Steve Young's stats in Tampa Bay before he went to the Niners. Like That's what people legitimately are trying to sell us on. I'm not, like, we're not trying to make a point for hyperbole. I get we're pulling out the tough, but that got sent to us. That's what some people think. The problem is I think we have a Zach Wilson truther as the offensive coordinator. Mm. because Hackett mm. Robert Sala has basically said I am almost we're having co-head coaches I'm the head coach who does defense and leadership and Hackett's the head coach who does offense he's literally given him and it would have been Rodgers obviously before it happened to Rodgers that much autonomy on the offensive end and again Hackett I know that we don't we don't think he's very smart football wise we I know we don't think he's very good but Again, Hackett has been an offensive coach in this league for over a decade. He comes from a coaching family with his father. He knows that what he's seeing isn't good quarterback play. He coached Aaron Rodgers for all this time. You think that he doesn't know what quarterbacks need to do to be successful, and yet he's sticking by this guy. Here's the thing, too, I want to ask Hackett and Zach Wilson truthers, too. If apparently, number one, they're already defeated their own argument because they're saying everything needs to be perfect around him for Zach Wilson to be good because, well, the offensive line, other teams have bad offensive lines. Well, the drops and penalties, every other team has drops and penalties. Here's what I want to ask. Hackett, Zach Wilson, Truther, the whole lot. What do you think he would be if apparently you got all your problems solved? Like, what do you think he would be, a pro bowler? Do you think he would be... The they 24th best quarterback in the league. Like, they think he'd be how a far back do you think this offense is holding him? 
Because I don't get a clear answer on that. I just hear that everything sucks. Like, they don't even know what they're defending anymore half the time. They're just – it's like an, a nine-year-old being contrarian. They're just going, no, it's not. Because it makes them sound smart, too. That they're not just blaming the quarterback, you see. They're, they're being smart. Oh, it's not just the quarterback. I actually watch the game. It's the offensive line. No, sometimes it is a quarterback and the coordinator. That's another problem, quote I had a problem with from Salah. Well, it's easy to blame the, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator when the offense isn't working. Yeah, because it's correct. What's what's the thing, Occam's razor, that sometimes the best solution is the simplest? Yeah, the offense isn't working. Sometimes it's probably the quarterback and probably the offensive coordinator. But why is everybody afraid of that? Why are we afraid of him? What is, oh, we don't want to hurt this guy's feelings. I don't give a flying rats, you know what? I can't even get a proper insult out about <laughs> Zach Wilson's feelings or his ego at this point. This is two seasons in a row of elite defense. Most coaches don't even get three seasons most of the time in the NFL. Salah's blown two of them because of this guy. I want to get to a couple messages in chat in a second, but first let me just let me just make this clear. We're it, we are both adults right like we are we are at least i think semi-intelligent adults about football like we know a little bit about football maybe right i don't know much don't about know. either way else but football we, i'll give we, myself that we know enough to have multiple concurrent thoughts at the same time right yeah. i can sit here you can sit here and say that zach wilson is bad we can also acknowledge at the same time that the offensive line an offensive line starting max mitchell at right guard and billy turner at right tackle is also bad we can agree on that. We can also agree, like we've been, like I've been saying since March at least, that Al Lazard is not good, that this Jets receiver room is not good, that Randall Cobb is bad. They're throwing undrafted guys out there. All of that can be true at the same time. It does not have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be, oh, as Mark says in chat here, because I'm going to get to a couple of these messages from Mark Gutierrez. First of all, appreciate the chats as always, buddy. Uh, whether we agree or disagree, always appreciate the comments. Zach Wilson played decent. This is what Mark says. He says, Zach Wilson played decent. The Jets' O-line stinks, and wide receiver drops and penalties and not winning football. Ignoring he didn't score a touchdown against the worst passing defense in the league. Ignoring six the points. How, is the, how can you frame a six-point game against the worst passing defense in the league as a decent game for the quarterback? Every yes. quarterback around the league. Josh Dobbs won for the Vikings. Didn't the Vikings have the best offensive line in the league? No. We got Tyson Bajan, who at least looks better than Wilson and won a game – with the Bears, you think the Bears have good structure and personnel? They hired Hackett's lackey, his understudy, Luke Getzey, to be their coordinator. He stinks, too. Like, people are acting like yeah. the Jets are the only team in the league that have these issues and it's hurting Wilson. This happens a lot. you got to overcome some of it as a quarterback. If you have an average quarterback and they're not being taken to the above-average height you think they can reach because of play calling or the offensive line, I'd 100% listen to that argument. That happens – Five, six teams a year across the entire league. Not this. This guy isn't even operating a professional offense right now, a quarterback. Uh, they can't run a professional offense because of him. That's where I almost feel bad with the Hackett stuff. Can You, you can't ask him to do a third of what Aaron Rodgers can do. Not even I, close. From a pre-snap and just how you structure things perspective. And I want to make this very clear. Mark, you are 100% right. The Jets' offensive line stinks right now. The wide receiver drops are a major issue. Alan Lazard of course, needs- of course they're bad. 
Lazard leads all qualified wide receivers in drop rate. Randall Cobb would be it has double the drop rate of Al Lazard, would obviously rank first if he had enough targets to qualify. The Jets have the worst wide receiver room, maybe in the entire NFL, and that's including the fact that they have a top 15 wide receiver in on their roster. Also, you're right, the penalties were an issue. The pre-snap penalties. It was bad. Like the offense was shooting themselves in the foot constantly. But you know what else was holding an offense back? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson having zero pocket presence, fumbling twice. Ignore the stat line. Please do not do box score scouting because it, it's never good. It doesn't work. You, even you, box you, score scouting isn't good for Zach Wilson. That's not. But, but, but even he still. 50 times and barely got 260 yards against the worst pass yes. defense in the league. Box score scouting is how you somehow come to the conclusion, which was a take on Jets Twitter, that Justin Herbert had a worse game than Zach Wilson. Don't do that. Please don't do that because that's absolutely not true. Zach Wilson has zero pocket presence. He fumbled multiple times, was killing him most of the game. Nine of his completions came on the last drive in complete garbage time. Nine of those completions. And I want to I I get to another comment here from Mark, which is something I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people say this. Rodgers got hurt behind this offensive line. Those are facts. The Jets' offensive line stinks. Those are facts. The game is won in the trenches. Aaron Rodgers played four snaps for the Jets behind an offensive line that looked completely different than the offensive line that they threw out against Zach Wilson. Aaron Rodgers also got hurt by his own accord. It was his own fault that he got hurt on that play. It was a, a freak accident. It was a three-step drop where Dwayne Brown executed probably a below-average cut block, but a cut block. Garrett Wilson was wide open on a slant. Rodgers should have thrown it. He didn't. Why didn't he? I don't know. That's going to be one of the greatest mysteries in Jets history. I don't know why Aaron Rodgers didn't throw it. Unfortunately, he then got tackled like, I don't know, any quarterback gets hit in the same way that Rodgers got hit many times in a game. He just happened to plant his foot wrong and tear his Achilles. There are worse offensive lines in the NFL than the Jets right now. The Giants have allowed more pressures than the Jets. The Carolina Panthers have allowed more pressures than the Jets. The Arizona Cardinals O-line stinks, and Josh Dobbs was their quarterback playing significantly better football. Washington, look at Sam Howell in Washington. He's getting sacked eight times a game. Yes, Sam Howell, I don't know if he's still on pace, but as of a couple weeks ago, was on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. He's still playing well. It's possible to play okay, not even well. You don't even need to be what Sam Howell is, because I think Sam Howell's probably been a top 20 to 18 quarterback this year. No one's even asking that of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson needs to play at a backup caliber, and he's not. And you know, you want to hear evidence of that? A great stat was put out today by Scott Barrett on Twitter, and I'm glad that we found a way to bring this up. Over the last three years, since 2021, since Zach Wilson entered the NFL, I think this stat is the most damning evidence of all that Zach Wilson is not a backup caliber quarterback. Over the last three years, the Jets offense, when Zach Wilson attempts 10 or fewer passers, so basically in any game where he's not playing pretty much, they are number one in the NFL in passing yards per game. When Zach Wilson is attempting fewer than 10, or when he attempts more than 10 passes in a game, they are 31st in the NFL. They are second to last in the NFL with 168.2 yards per game. Essentially, and again, passing yards is not the only difference here. I'm well aware the game plan is different with Mike White at quarterback versus Zach Wilson. That's 130 yards of difference. Right. The arg- that's not the argument being made. I'm aware the situations are not identical. But if you look at it from that perspective, you're basically saying that the Jets offense with normal backup quarterback play is one of the best passing offenses in the NFL over the last three years. Obviously, again, I'm not saying that, but passing yards wise. And with Zach Wilson, at quarterback, is the worst. So 
I don't know how you could possibly argue that Zach Wilson is backup caliber. If you're saying Zach Wilson's backup caliber, then what are Joe Flacco, Joe, uh, Josh Johnson, and Mike White? They must be top 10 quarterbacks because they've all produced at a, at a pretty high level in this Jets offense. I don't give a fuck about wins. I, I don't care how they won the game because Zach Wilson's not why they beat the Giants. Zach Wilson's not why they beat the Eagles. He sure as hell is not why they beat the Bills. Just because the Jets are winning games with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, does not mean that Zach Wilson's the reason for that. If that was the barometer for quarterback success, Justin Herbert would be like the 17th best quarterback in the NFL because he's one win over 500 in his career. Obviously, we can sit here as intelligent adults and say that that's not how you evaluate quarterback play. So why is it that people make those excuses for Zach Wilson? It doesn't make any sense when every metric out there is showing you that this guy is not only a bad quarterback, he is historically one of the worst we have seen in modern history. Every metric is showing that his numbers are comparable to guys like John Skelton, Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, RIP, Jamarcus Russell, I think has better career numbers than Zach Wilson. He does. He does. That's the level we're talking about. And the fact that so many people are completely, I don't know if they're intentionally blind to it or what. Like, we're not talking bad quarterbacks. Sam Darnold was significantly better than Zach Wilson. Mark Sanchez was significantly better. Geno Smith with the Jets was significantly better. This is historically bad, guys. Like, please be aware of that. And also, one more point I want to make really quick. I'm not over here standing for Tim Boyle because guess what? If you gave Tim Boyle as many starts as Zach Wilson has had, he's probably just as bad, if not worse. But that's the thing. Quarterbacks this bad generally do not get this many opportunities. Quarterbacks that have been as bad as Zach Wilson do not get to start as many games as he has. And that's why his numbers look so, so, so bad. Yeah, there's probably been quarterbacks. If Chris Strebler started 30 games with the Jets, he would have been worse. (laughs) like he would have been worse than Zach Wilson, but no one's asking for Tim Boyle. Most of us, most people who are asking for a change are saying, Hey, let's give Trevor Simeon a shot because even though Trevor Simeon is an objectively bad quarterback, his career track record is significantly better than Zach Wilson in, in, Four starts with the Saints in 2021. Trevor Simeon threw 11 touchdowns. Zach Wilson has 11 touchdowns over the last two years combined. They're not on the same caliber. Okay, I'm done. Darnold was better. He never got defended like this. Mark Sanchez never got defended. What is it about him? And Darnold deserved it more. Darnold deserved it. Darnold was screwed over by this team, man. More so than Wilson has. What what people think Wilson has now, Darnold had in his last two years. Jamison Crowder was his best target. And yet here we are. All right. I can't do I can't do the Zach Wilson truther. So here's at least the take I can reason with. Mr. Magics. Uh, I don't blame Zach anymore. We all know he stinks. JD and Sala have mismanaged the quarterback room, yes. O-line, and receiver group this offseason. 100 percent All right, I will say too, it's mostly on the quarterback room. O-line, all right. There are things people complaining about. Yeah. They're it, they're trying to find five people who can even play. I mean, they've gotten even for the Jets, like bad injury luck, they've gotten inordinately hurt. I mean, Vera Tucker going down, Tipman getting hurt, McGovern getting hurt. Like, I mean, that's Dwayne Brown. That's four fifths of your starting line. I mean, who could have predicted any of that? That's just bad luck. Like, no one. Agreed. You can't criticize Joe Douglas for not having a good tenth best offensive lineman on the team. I mean, that's that's a little unfair. Receiver group, yeah, I think we, they probably should have made one more addition. But again, when the offseason started, did you know Corey Davis was going to retire? No, and I do genuinely think they had a bigger role for Miko Hardman, and then because of a bunch of different reasons, that didn't work out. So, again, it's a lot of things that, in hindsight, look easier. But, yeah, I agree on the quarterback room because 
even if they love Zach, even if Rodgers loves Zach, you could have kept him as the third-string quarterback and done everything. Rodgers could have mentored him. He could have learned the system. He could have coached his flaws out. It actually might have been better for him because yeah. now there's no threat of actually getting into a situation with pressure, which is what he struggles with. And now, again, everything's regressing. He has the I'm – not, I'm not trying to say, like, hot takey things. In terms of quarterbacks who have started this long, I have never – Never, 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 never seen a quarterback with this bad pocket presence. I mean, you could take 10 dropbacks. Half the times he needs to run, he stays. Half the times he stays, he needs to run. Like It's the exact opposite of what you're going to do. And there's just something about him, football instincts-wise, that just doesn't click. And this, this play has been discussed a lot on, you know, the sports radio and Jets Twitter, like, but it just encapsulates so much about Wilson. That third down, when he could run up the middle and probably get 10, 15 yards, maybe he can make a move and get 15 yards on that play, and he shovel passes it to a covered Michael it's, Carter, yeah. and they're going to get like something with every other quarterback in the league. Tyson Bajant would have run the ball for a first down. Dorian Thompson-Robinson would have run the ball for a first down. P.J. Walker would have run the ball for a first down. He didn't, and there's just something – mentally in his brain i'm not saying he's stupid he's not stupid he's talented but there's Very just bad. something about his instincts that just don't fire and i don't care what you have around him you could have the best offensive line in the league you could have two elite wide receivers and you could have kyle shanahan scheming guys open every play he's still looking down open receivers and not throwing it he still gets tunnel vision he still will run out of clean pockets you could have perfect situations around him Something about it just not going to fire. And I don't care how great of a coaching staff you have, you can't coach it out of them. They maybe they thought they could. They've tried admirably, maybe too hard, some would say. They haven't done it. So the fact they can't just admit they got it wrong. I don't if it's stubbornness, then shame on them. Because stubbornness is what bad coaches do. If it's something else, even more shame on them because now they apparently have an organizational structure where the head coach can't even bench the quarterback because of a 70-year-old pharmaceutical magnate up in the suites who isn't allowing it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want to get to a comment from Joseph in chat. I'm not going to put it on the screen because it's very long and it's probably going to like cover Mike's face. So I'm not going to do that. You know, let me try. Let me see. It's going to, it's going to be. Hey, all right. Oh, you know what? That's not, okay. That's not as well. Actually it cuts it off, but I, <laughs> I'll read some of this. He says, because 
he, referring to Zach Wilson, this is from Joseph Diaz on Facebook. Again, always appreciate the comments. Uh, because he is still the best and only option we have. And it's more of an O-line issue than a Zach Wilson issue. Even if Rodgers was the quarterback, there'd be major concern. Is he be running for his life as well? Whatever. That's the 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 you know, that's the 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 gist of what he's getting at there. I want to talk about that for a second because I think people consistently underrate and understate how much a quarterback impacts offensive line play. When people see sacks, or at least I think I think this has gotten better over in recent years, but there are fans that still do it. When people talk about sacks and they talk about pressures, they fail to realize how much of that is really on the quarterback. Sometimes it's not. Of course, sometimes it's not. But there's a great stat out there that helps determine this. There's a stat called pressure to sack percentage, which basically just it, dict- it, it determines how often you are turning pressures into sacks as a quarterback. How many times you are pressured, basically how many times you end up sacked if you are pressured. You understand what I'm trying to say. Zach Wilson's pressure to sack percentage this season is 22.8, which is fourth worst in the NFL. The only QBs worse are Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and Russell Wilson. Sam Howell, as we already talked about, is on pace, or he was on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. A lot of that is on him. As Commanders fans will tell you, he holds on to the ball for so, so, so long. However, he also has a knack for turning a lot of those into big plays. He either gets sacked for a ridiculous loss that he shouldn't have taken, or he chucks it down the field. He's got a lot of Baker Mayfield to his game. I see a lot of Baker Mayfield when I see Sam Howell. Desmond Ritter was already benched for poor performance, partially because of his pocket presence, partially because of how long he holds on to the ball. Russell Wilson has historically throughout his entire career held onto the ball long. There's a reason that almost every year of his career, Russell Wilson is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And it's not because he's always had bad offensive lines, even though there were some years in Seattle where it wasn't great. I'm not saying Denver's got the best offensive line in football. He has historically been that way. It is a common trend with him, and it's a common trend with certain quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is one of those quarterbacks. This past week, Zach Wilson's pressure to sack rate, his percentage was 32%. The only QBs worse were Daniel Jones, Jordan Love, Clayton Toon, and Tommy DeVito. That is not the category you want to be in when it comes to evaluating your pocket presence and how often you are turning time you are pressured into sacks. That is a strong indicator that while the Jets' offensive line objectively is bad, we can agree on that because they're starting a bunch of backups. I wouldn't expect it to be very good. We can agree it's bad, but the offensive line is made to look significantly worse because of the quarterback. Also, because nobody can get open a receiver outside of Garrett Wilson and because the play calling isn't particularly good. It all feeds As, as Joseph stuff. Diaz says in chat, are you taking play calling? Yes, I just did. <laughs> like no one's saying that the play calling is good. No one's it's saying that Mack is doing Wilson. good around Zach Wilson. We're just saying right. – He's a force multiplier. You know, some good quarterbacks are force multipliers, and they make guys around them who aren't as good better. Zach is the complete opposite. He makes everything around him worse. All right, look, Hackett's not a good play caller. Like, Not from like a run when he should have thrown, thrown when he should have run kind of way. Just schematically, guys aren't open. He calls four verts in the red zone. Like, Situationally and schematically, he doesn't get guys open. We're well aware of that, (laughs) but – I, here's where I feel for Hackett is, number one, he gets guys open occasionally. Not a lot, but occasionally. And sometimes Zach just doesn't throw it to him. Sometimes it Zach Wilson has open throws, misses him. He had Lazard wide open for a touchdown in the red zone in that Chargers game. Couldn't hit him. Couldn't hit him. Nope. That's not Nathaniel Hackett's fault. He got a guy open. That's, what, that's all Hackett can do. He can't make Wilson throw the ball. It just... It, <laughs> 
I mean, the offensive line's not very good. You hold the ball for five seconds, no offensive line's good. These guys are – Joey Bosa's 270 pounds and really fast. You're supposed to hold them at bay for six seconds? No. And, and on that on that first strip sack where it's a three-step drop, he, that ball's got to be out. And if it's not out because no one's open, you eat the sack and you don't fumble the ball. Two more comments I want to get to from Mark. Again, always appreciate the banter with you guys. We're not, we're no one's upset at anybody. This is going too far, though. This is oh, – I can't take it. Always appreciate it. Uh, first, that's not what the – this is the one right here. Uh, talking about Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Oh, so now we got to compare to Patrick Mahomes. I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. He said, I'll give you an example. Chiefs in the Super Bowl against the Bucs when Patrick Mahomes, best QB in the league, couldn't do anything with a bad line. You know what Patrick Mahomes did with that offensive line? He got to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Showing that you could succeed with the bad offensive line. Again, the Washington Commanders are on pace, or at least they were as of a couple weeks ago, to allow the most sacks in NFL history in a season. And Sam Howe is still playing well. He's is still offensive doing line good. important? Of course it's important. No one's saying Obviously. it's not important. But it, we're but, saying that it's possible to succeed in spite of it. And that Zach Wilson is not only not succeeding, he's compounding those issues. Those, those issues. And then again, Mark's saying in chat here, you guys have to be objective and not go with the storyline. It's all Zach Wilson. Nowhere have I, I want to make this very clear right now on the air, live on air. I, Justin T. Freed, I, Justin Freed of the Jet Press of New York, where I currently live. I, 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 me, me right here. I, have you're never so mad you almost gave out your address live on the internet. I almost said you, you're absolutely correct. I'm not going to do that though. Me, Justin Freed. Hi, hello. I, me, I have never, and nor will I ever, unless this is somehow the case, I will never say that the Jets' offensive struggles are only on Zach Wilson because they are not, because the rest of the situation around him is not very good. In fact, it is quite bad. Zach Wilson is not the only problem with the Jets' offense. He is, however, a big problem. I would argue the biggest because he is the quarterback and thus the most important player on the field. Robert Sala said this week that the Jets are not benching Zach Wilson, and one of the excuses he used was it's not all on Zach Wilson. So I want to ask you this. Randall Cobb, was not the only issue with the Jets' offense. He was bad. Believe me, we had rants about him on the show. The entire trade deadline show was 30 minutes of me ranting about how bad Randall Cobb was and listing off statistics. Randall Cobb's bad, and he was not the only issue with the Jets' offense. They still benched him. Why? Because he was an issue that they wanted to change. Why is the same logic not applied to Zach Wilson? If we can acknowledge that he's an issue, you bench him. Billy Turner was bad this past game. I know he's hurt. I would still say, hey, even if he's healthy, maybe you give Dennis Kelly a shot. Maybe you move Max Mitchell back to right right tackle and start Xavier Newman at right guard because clearly what you did there didn't work. Is right tackle the biggest issue on the Jets' offense? No, but you can still fix it. You can still make adjustments. You shouldn't just roll with the same thing over and over again because it's not the only issue. If that's the case, no football team would ever change anything because there's never just one issue. There's always multiple issues. You have to work to fix each individual issue. One of those issues is the quarterback. One of those issues is Zach Wilson, and you have to figure out how to fix it. And here's what really pissed me off, too, about Robert Sala. Also, earlier today, he, this is the funny quote we teased earlier, saying, Zach Wilson's getting all the first-team reps because there isn't enough to go around. I mean, it's, that is, if we didn't like Robert Sala, because, again, he's he's 9-8 and eight in his last 17 games with Zach Wilson as a starter, if you count the Buffalo game as a start. How many coaches in the league would go 9-8 and eight with that quarterback? But anyway... The fact that he says that is it's almost comical. It sounds like I did check to see if it was Wesley Steinberg or some fake account mm-hmm. before I read it. That's what he said. And then the worst part too is we made fun of the Giants during the, the Jets loss 
And even after that, for the whole Tommy DeVito thing, who actually at least Tommy DeVito is certainly not a good quarterback, but he at least looked like he could throw a ball a little bit against the Raiders. Yeah, when they let we, him. We criticize them. Why do you have a quarterback on your roster that you don't think is an NFL caliber quarterback? And they and they showed you that because they didn't let him throw the ball against the Jets in a winnable game. The Simeon thing isn't driving me up a wall as much. Actually, it's more the Boyle thing because mm-hmm. even as we're talking about benching Wilson, all I've heard about is are they going to put Trevor Simeon in, who, again, is not even on the active roster right now. So why is Tim – this is where Joe Douglas comes against me. Why is Tim Boyle a guy that nobody is even entertaining an iota of a thought that this guy could even get in a game? Because they were putting Wilson in when they were down 27-6. to six. They couldn't even put Tim Boyle in. So if you think that little of him – that you can't even put him in in that scenario, why is he on the roster? Because if they had a better backup quarterback, if they had Teddy Bridgewater, who's in Detroit right now, even if they drafted a guy like, I don't know, Hendon Hooker or in the third round or something like that, like even if they did if they did that, if they had a better option, I assume that there would at least be maybe some movement. So why is Tim Boyle here? Boyle, I think, is the holdup here. Because Robert Sala, if you gave him a truth serum, could come out and say, Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon suck. And we actually think they're downgrades compared to Zach Wilson, which may well be true. It might be. Simeon got cut by the Bears in the preseason, and Tim Boyle has 15 touchdowns and 34 picks in his professional, not professional career, his professional and collegiate career. So why is he on the roster? It's taking up a spot doing nothing, and it's one of the most important spots on the team, backup quarterback. I'll tell you why, Mike. I'll tell you why Tim Boyle is QB2 and not Trevor Simeon. Because Tim Boyle is the least threatening possible quarterback, too, behind Zach Wilson that the Jets could find. That's why he's there. Maybe they, they need a more threatening him. one. They'd scare the hell out of him. Make him crack I his agree. pants. And I want to make this very clear that when I say, and when I when I pound the table and say the Jets need to start Trevor Simeon, I feel dirty inside. I feel disgusting. I feel gross that I'm standing this hard for Trevor Simeon. Let me make that clear because Trevor Simeon is not a good quarterback. He lost in a backup job to who is it? Ian Book or whatever. He was cut from the Saints for Ian Book or whoever. Or he's like, he's bad. He, he wasn't a backup on a team this year for a reason. Obviously, he's had a past of being a, a competent backup quarterback, but he's not good. He's not good. We know this. He's not good, but he's better than Tim Boyle. He's significantly better than Tim Boyle based on everything we've seen. The Jets, like you said, Mike, don't even want to throw Boyle out there. I'm convinced. I'm not even convinced that if Zach Wilson got hurt, they'd play Tim Boyle. They might have Brees Hall run Wildcat. I don't know if Tim Boyle actually exists. There is no confirmation of that. But I do know that he's the least threatening quarterback to Zach. And I think if they weren't so concerned about Zach Wilson's psyche, they would have elevated Trevor Simeon to QB2 already, which is an insane statement to say that we are concerned that Trevor Simeon is a threat to Zach Wilson's psyche. That's an insane statement to say, because once again, Trevor Simeon is not a good NFL quarterback. And it's it's sickening to me that I have to stand for him this hard. But when people say, uh, as somebody said it in chat earlier, Joseph said it in, in chat, he said, because if this pops up, because there's nobody else to start but Wilson. That's not true. There are two other quarterbacks on the roster. You roster other quarterbacks for a reason. I don't think Tim Boyle's an improvement, but the Jets have him as QB2, so they clearly think something of him. I do think that Trevor Simeon is an improvement based on everything we've seen. Again, in four starts with the Saints two years ago, Trevor Simeon threw 11 touchdowns and three interceptions. In whatever, however many starts Zach Wilson has had over the last two years combined – 
whatever it is, combined, he's thrown for the same amount of touchdowns as Simeon did in four starts with the Saints in 2021. With 12 Obviously. interceptions, that's not like, because everybody says, oh, Zach's not turning the ball. 12 interceptions yeah, in 17 games is not like an elite interception, right? Especially if no. he's not throwing that much. That's and, still a considerable amount. And he has eight fumbles over his last five games. It just didn't hurt the Jets against the Broncos and, and other teams because he was recovering them because they were getting lucky. Jets fans, and I think the Jets as an organization, overvalue the wins that they had this season, much like the Giants did last year. And honestly, the Vikings to some extent. When you are consistently getting lucky in one-score games, like the Jets very easily could be 1-7 in seven right now. If Xavier Gibson doesn't return that punt in overtime, I don't think they score. I do not think they score in overtime. They, won't. If, they wouldn't. Right. And Or if Josh Allen doesn't, doesn't shit his pants and throw three interceptions. If Jalen Hurts doesn't throw one of the dumbest interceptions that he's thrown in his entire football career in the Eagles game, they don't win that game. They needed overtime to beat a team in the Giants who didn't complete a pass since the beginning of the second quarter. Like, the Jets very well could be one and seven right now. They're lucky to be four and four. And because of the fact that they're four and four, we can have this discussion and say, hey, what can they do to salvage the season? I'm really happy we're in this position. Unfortunately, just sticking with what you've been doing isn't going to work because what you've been doing has barely allowed you to get to this point in the first place. That's the issue too. How can we change this season around and get to the playoffs? There's one very clear and obvious answer of something you can try. And it's like, they won't even entertain that and they'll do everything else. I actually, if I was Trevor Simeon, no joke, I would go to Joe Douglas and I would say, release me from the practice squad because I am honestly convinced this is more tin hat theory time. I'm convinced that Joe Douglas signed Trevor Simeon. Obviously, you don't sign a guy to a practice squad with the intention to necessarily start him right away. But I don't even think he wanted Trevor Simeon. I think what happened, this is right where we're back after the New England game. The mm-hmm. exact same thing. You could replay the podcast that we had after the New England game. Same level of ire, same everything. It got to a point, because that was also when Robert Sala had a dumb press conference where he's like, oh, Zach, you know, he played okay or something else like that. Finally, it got to a point where there was just so much rancor and bile in this fan base that Woody went to Joe and said, you got to do something. He said, all right, fine. I'll sign Trevor Simeon. He didn't sign him with the intent of let's get Zach some legitimate competition. Let's get a very arm in the background. He signed it to shut us up and go, all right, fine. Here you go. Leave me alone. That's why Trevor Simeon, I think, is in the building. And if I'm Trevor Simeon, I'm insulted because there's all these teams. with There's 10 teams who have played a rookie quarterback. This year, and actually, if Stetson Bennett wasn't away from the Rams, it probably would have been eleven. And Hendon Hooker's hurt too, so there's a ton of quarterback injuries around the league. Simeon assuredly would have been signed, I think, at this point by another team who just need another veteran, and they probably would have given him a more legitimate chance to play. Instead, the Jets are just keeping him on here so that the fan base didn't start rioting that they finally signed a quarterback. Well, what's the point of that? They're not entertaining playing him. At least try. He could be terrible. And if he's terrible, we'll be the first to come on here and say Trevor Simeon was awful and yeah. Tim Boyle was awful. And he and probably will be. may even be better than them. But you don't know because you're not right. trying. And it's the not trying that's pissing us off. I don't expect Trevor Simeon to come in and throw for 350 yards. There's no way. I do want to get to a comment here from Jao Pedro in chat because this is a great point. And absolutely, because – I think, I think we do need to be fair here. It's, again, not all Zach Wilson. And Nathaniel Hackett deserves a lot of blame for this. And this is a great comment. Can we talk about the fact that the Chiefs game plan was thrown out the window? That worked against the good defense. And we didn't, we didn't entertain that anymore. I agree. I think the Jets came out in that Chiefs game and said, hey, 
we know we need to score against this team because we cannot only rely on our defense to limit Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, and everybody in this Chiefs offense. We need to score. So they came out and were more aggressive. And you remember, I remember talking after that game and saying, bow down to Nathaniel Hackett. He turned into Kyle Shanahan overnight. I don't know what happened. The Jets have gone away from that. The Jets as an organization, but specifically with their offensive strategy and their offensive game plan, are a very conservative team. They are in the mindset of we are always going to rely on our defense to keep us in games. When in reality, they should be more aggressive on offense. Maybe it blows up in their faces. But I, I want to see Zach Wilson at least try to throw downfield. He's so scared right now of throwing interceptions that he's just he's hesitant. He's hesitant in every in every possible way. He's not throwing to open guys. That's partially why he's holding on to the ball too long because he's scared to throw in the tight windows because that's all he's seeing because guys can't get open outside of Garrett Wilson. I would say, hey, Zach Wilson, you. I mean, clearly what Zach Wilson is doing right now isn't working. Let him throw in the tight windows more often. Tell him to air it out more. Maybe come out with some more play action early in the game because running up the gut on first down isn't working. I want to see more first down runs. I want to see more... Honestly, I want to see Zach Wilson use his legs more, get him on the move more, tell him, hey, if you have to run it, run the ball. Because like you said before, Mike, there was that play in, in, in the game last week where he just dumps off, it was a third and whatever, third and seven, and he dumps off a little shovel pass to Michael Carter instead of taking off. That I don't know if that's an instincts thing or if the Jets are basically coaching that out of him to not use his legs. He should use his legs because when Zach Wilson actually tries to use his legs, the Jets' offense, it, it works. We see teams do that against the Jets' defense all the time because the Jets' defense is so aggressive. I would say, hey, just let Zach Wilson do that. Do more of what you did in the Chiefs, Chiefs game because, honestly, if we're being completely honest here, that is one advantage Zach Wilson has over guys like Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. He has that mobility more so than they do. He has the ability to, to extend the plays. And in the past, specifically his rookie season and then last year, when he would extend those plays, a lot of times it would lead to bad decision-making. But at the very least, right now, those interceptions are down. Let him try and do that more. Try and do what you did in the Chiefs game. Be more aggressive in these game plans. I don't care if you're playing the Chiefs or the Giants. Your game plan on offense should be pretty similar. If Zach Wilson comes out and goes 18 of 30, but he has 300 yards and two interceptions – I would be much more happy with that than if he goes 18 of 24 for 140 yards. Because at least I'm showing, again, Zach Wilson, I've said this a million times, but I really believe it. The only positive trait that he has as a quarterback is the arm. What's the point of the arm if all he does is throw checkdowns? And I, I get where Robert Sala, why as a defensive coach you want, conservative, don't turn it over, let the defense win. I'm obviously not a coach. I'm never going to be an NFL head coach, but – wouldn't he think, well, my defense is so awesome that even if the, we turn it over, we can get it right back because that's what our defense has done. That that should make you a more aggressive offense because you know that if you make a mistake that your defense isn't going to give up 34 points and one mistake would actually ruin the game. That would embolden me. I agree. I'm going to get to a couple more Facebook comments because I just can't help myself here. Uh, first, Adrian in face on Facebook says, check Wilson stats versus Herbert. No, 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 no. No, just, no. Just, I'm <laughs> no, just, just I'm not going to do that. No. Uh, Kevin in chat says, for what? They still lost. Kevin, if Zach Wilson played anywhere near as well as he did in that Chiefs game, because as much as we've shit on Zach Wilson, that was a very good game. Not just for Zach yes. Wilson, just for any quarterback. That was a really good game that he played. If he played anything close to that level against the, 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 the Chargers, the Jets might win that game. And they probably do win that game. I'm ignoring the fact that it was a 21-point win. It spiraled out of control because of the, the turnovers. If Zach Wilson plays like that against the Chargers, they probably win that game. If he plays like that against the Giants, they blow them out. 
When's the last time the Jets have blown out a team? They don't do it because their offense isn't good enough. In that Chiefs game, it was good enough. He was really good. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. You want to talk about Zach Wilson outplaying someone? He legitimately outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game. Not the stats. I don't care. I don't even know what the stats were. I think he had better stats, but it doesn't fucking matter. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game. He didn't outplay Justin Herbert, regardless of what the box score shows. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game. So I don't care, Kevin, that they still that they lost the game. That's not what's important. That's not like because th- what, what they were doing, how they were winning games was not sustainable. And we clearly saw that against the Chargers. Obviously, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is if you win the game. But for making changes on a week to week basis, you want to know how you won the game and how you can better set yourself up for success the next game. So even though he lost against the Chiefs and he beat the Giants, Kevin which one was he better in? Was Zach Wilson better against the Giants or the Chiefs? Because if you're going to say Giants because he won, we can't have this conversation, obviously. Now, Zach Wilson is back on the – he's fighting for his NFL life again, I think it's fair to say. And he's yes. going to have to do it on Sunday Night Football. He will. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. But before – we do that. I was I was getting to that. Oh, don't, you, don't you worry. I got everything all squared away. Sorry, sorry. Over, over, over at DraftKings because DraftKings is running a new promotion you do not want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim 200 bucks in bonus bets, and you'll get a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is use the code FSBETS. That is F-S-B-E-T-S. Not only will you get these great bonuses, but it directly supports this podcast that we love doing so much and we love having you guys on. So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use FS Bets to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Raiders time. Raiders time. Raiders time and... You, we all have favorite and least favorite, you know, episodes of podcasts and shows that you do. I think it's fair. Honestly, one of my least favorite previews may have been before the Chiefs game because every key that we had to win the game, you just had to qualify with. Well, if Zach Wilson doesn't suck, then A, B, and C. And I feel like that's right with the Raiders in a game where it looks like the Jets honestly should crush. I know Antonio Pierce had the amazing win against the Giants, and they look reinvigorated and happy to play with one another. But the interim bounce, I think, doesn't last forever for every single team. This is still a first-time head coach. You have a rookie quarterback who's not mobile at all. Very accurate, good decision-maker, Aiden O'Connell, but not mobile at all. So he could be a sitting duck in a pocket for an offensive line that I think has one really good player, Colton Miller, and a bunch of you-know-what. They're starting, Josh Jacobs they're starting was, Greg Van Rotten at right guard. They are? Yep, Greg Van he's Rotten. He's not working it at Lowe's right and now? I think, believe it or not, I think he's been all right this season. I think he's been okay. All the Raiders accounts I've seen have been trashing Greg Van Rotten. I'm like, oh, oh. welcome to the party. Well, but, then there uh, you go. I mean, maybe, either way. Maybe he had a good game or something like that. But yeah. Josh Jacobs was great last week, but for most of the season, I know McDaniels, his Josh McDaniels offense isn't always kind of running backs. He was good last year, but. He's been bad for most of the year. The defense numbers look better, but I just think whenever they played better teams, quote-unquote, that they haven't looked as elite, which is, you know, it sounds dumb to say. Obviously, they play better against the bad teams and worse against the good teams, but the Raiders have been a good example of that. So everything is set up for a Jets win, but it doesn't, as we've seen with the Chargers game, which I still think the Jets, for all their faults, played well. 
They held Herbert under the 200 yards. Well, if they could do that to O'Connell, doesn't matter because Zach Wilson could score six points. They could limit the explosive plays. They could do it. Doesn't matter because there's going to be a special teams penalty or Zach Wilson could play bad. So it that's where it becomes tough to evaluate this game because there are ways to attack the Raiders. I think that it's getting the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands quickly, which sounds like what we say every week, but with Max Crosby, who's really evolving into, I think, probably a top 10 defensive lineman in the league right now. I mean, Max yes. Crosby is just so good. Yes. One of, by the way, one of the few good uh, Mike Mayock picks, too. They got him in the fourth round. Yes. So there is a way to attack this defense. I don't like their corners. I don't think they're particularly big. I don't think that they're particularly great down the field. And McRobertson's okay and Hobbs, whatever, but certainly not anything you really need to be too scared about. Like, this should be a great matchup for Garrett Wilson. And Tyree Wilson was brought in to be kind of a Khalil Mackey run-stuffing edge who can also get to the passer. He hasn't really done much of anything, so you'd think Brees Hall would be great. All of that could happen, but if Zach Wilson Zach Wilson's it up, they could score nine points and lose again to Aiden O'Connell in front of everybody. The Jets win this game. If, if the Jets win this game, they'll have to win it the same way that they've won other games this season. The defense will have to ball out. They'll have to get a bunch of sacks on Aiden O'Connell, who, by the way, was not sacked at all last week against a pretty good Giants pass rush, who, who gave the Jets a lot of trouble, obviously. Dexter Lawrence had 15 pressures against the Jets. Uh, the Giants did not get a sack against against Aiden O'Connell this past week. So that, I feel like, should be noted, even if he has a statue back there, even if the O-line has its flaws, uh, for whatever reason. Really, really quick, though, I want to get to a comment from Mark in chat. The Jets sure. need to run the ball against the Raiders. I mean, yes, but as we've said earlier, they could run the ball like they, the Giants did with Saquon in the Jets game. They could breach 30 carries with the stacked yeah. boxes he's facing. Brees is good. He can't. He's not Superman. He, is. he can't run through five defenders every play. I do want to point out, too, and this is going to be – I don't know if this is going to be hated or whatever. I, I don't think Brees Hall had a very good game against the Chargers. I do think that he left a lot on the field there. Obviously, that that drop pitch was brutal because I think if he – like, I watched that play back. He had space, man. Like, as long as a couple of guys held their blocks, he might have been gone. And I think I saw after the game, he had negative 10 rushing yards over expected in the game. Take that for the grain of salt. Take that for what it's worth. Um but, yeah, I don't think Brees was particularly great in that game. So it's not as simple as just feed Brees. And he also didn't face a ton of sack boxes in that game. Regardless, I agree, yes, you want to try and run the ball. But I, I really want to, I want to come out with the same game plan that they did against the Chiefs because this Raiders pass defense, much like the Chargers, is pretty susceptible against the pass. I don't love their corners. Marcus Peters is, is whatever he's – and I think he's banged up too. I think he got hurt in the last game or whatever. Um, and he's, you know, obviously he's a big play guy, but he's never been a shutdown corner, especially in the year 2023, uh, guys like Nate Hobbs. He's a good nickel. Amik Robertson, like you said, they're fine. They're fine. But the jets could absolutely throw on this defense if they come out and, and Zach Wilson plays. Okay. But realistically, the only way they win this game is if the defense balls out and plays pretty much perfect and gets a couple of takeaways against the quarterback. They absolutely can. I can totally see a Bryce up strip, strip sack. Maybe Will McDonald gets another strip sack. That'd be great. Uh, I can totally see that. And if, if the defense does that, maybe they have a shot. The special teams can't have any blunders like they did this, this past week. That was a rare, rare misstep from the Jets special teams that is usually very, very, very good. I uh, knew that was happening when Morstead came out with the introduction. Like, something stupid's happening. They're going to block a punt or something. I because uh, he came out with the American flag too, right? I was like, somebody protect this man's Achilles. I'm like, oh no, they're gonna block a punt the front, and then the ran the pump back, Darius Davis, the best yeah, TCU receiver on the Chargers, Darius Davis. Ooh, 
Ooh, that's so true, actually. Oof. Um, that's a, that's brutal. Don't tell. I, I feel like a lot of Chargers fans might even agree with that. They're, they're pretty annoyed with Quentin Johnson. Um, but yeah, you're going to need the defense to play pretty much perfect. You need to get a couple of takeaways. You need the special teams to play perfect. And you need Brees Hall to make to break a run or Garrett Wilson to break a slant, which the opportunities were there in that last game. That's what's so annoying about that Chargers game. You watch it back. If Brees catches that pitch, he's going places. If Michael Clemens just falls on that fumble, now you might have, uh, you know, you, you have a short field. Maybe they could do something. It was a slant over the middle that Zach Wilson had Garrett Wilson on. Just missed him. Just missed him on that pass. And if he ca- if he hits him in stride, that could be it. Could be a touchdown. Knowing Garrett Wilson, he's done that before. So there were there were those plays in that in that in the Chargers game. And I think if the Jets have any chance against the Raiders, they're going to have to break one of those plays in offense, win the turnover battle, meaning that Zach Wilson cannot be as careless with the ball. Unfortunately, you're likely going to have Max Crosby going up against. Whoever the hell is at right tackle, whoever the hell that's going to be, because that's going to be a nightmare, the nightmare, whether it's Billy Turner, whether it's Max Mitchell, whether it's Dennis Kelly, whoever it's going to be, that's going to be a major mismatch. So they need to have some sort of game plan for chipping Max Crosby in a lot of plays. And unfortunately, Mike, you know what it's probably going to be? They're probably going to say, hey, let's shade Dalvin Cook to that side and have him pass block and help out Max Crosby. Let's have five foot eight Michael Carter help out rather than Brees Hall, who is their best blocking or pass blocking running back. Knowing that that's how they use their personnel. Or you ever, you ever see that meme where a guy's do- instead of like the door latch on his door, he replaces it with a Cheeto? Like yeah, that's yes, yes. stop the door. That would be Dalvin Cook and pass pro yes. against yes. Max Crosby. Or they're going to do what they did in the last game, where they had the you know the the second and eight situation at the, the eleven yard line, and they said, "Hey, C.J. Ozama and Jeremy Ruckert, let's try and block." Khalil Mack. You guys can what do it. What is it with the Shanahan guys with the one-on-one tight ends on the elite edge rushers? I don't They know. all do it. I could totally envision a scenario in this game where they have CJ Uzama trying to help out and block Max Crosby, maybe even by himself. Hopefully the Jets have a good game plan because Max Crosby has the potential to completely wreck this game, and not just with pressures, not just with sacks, but with turnovers, with takeaways. And if that starts happening, this game could spiral again. But if the Jets are going to win, they need the defense to play perfect, need the special teams to play perfect, and they need their quarterback to not turn over the ball. It's crazy that that's their their formula for success, but they've proven time and time again this season that's the only way they can win. Like if you look at the box score for the chart and you see twenty seven to six, you're like, oh man, this was an ass kicking, right? And then you look, tw- six of them were the punt return, down of the defense, and then one of them Wilson fumbled. They started on the two and ran the ball, and I don't really even really want to count that against the defense. I mean, two yeah. yards, you know, come on. So and really the Chargers had. Three sustained scoring. They have two field goals, and then one where it wasn't even mostly Herbert. I think Eckler had a couple big runs. Yeah, and then- no, the Chargers offense did not look good in that game, and I thought their game plan was bad. They came out and played right into the strengths of this Jets defense on that exactly. first possession. And, that and they gave up possession- 13 points, basically, and they yeah. lost. Like- in that first possession, they run up the gut, do a second and long deep shot against Sauce Gardner, and then they're setting up in third and long. Like that's not how you beat the Jets defense. I was like, this, this, like Ken, Kellen Moore did not call a very good game, and they still put up 27 points because that's how bad the Jets offense was. That they were just setting their defense up to fail. Obviously, at the special teams touchdown, one took over at the two yard line. It was all bad. It, it was all bad. Really quick comment here from Josh Kerr in chat said, "It's honestly all in the defense. They need to allow zero points and zero yards. Anything more, we are setting up Zach for success. Or any anything more, we're not setting Zach up for success." I know you're joking. And I recognize that. Some but people will sad. say that and won't be joking. Yes. And then it also makes me sad that when we hear Sauce Gardner after the game talk about the, the defense and I asked him, how do you think the defense played? He says, look, we should have scored on defense because that's their mindset. That's the mindset of these guys on defense. They know they have to score on defense. That should not be the mindset. It's not normal to ask a defensive player how your defense played and for him to go, 
I thought we did good, but we need to score on defense. That should not be a normal accepted answer. If, if I see one more guy too make fun of DJ Ree with the 85 Bears thing, you are the 85 Bears were good because they had Walter Payton and Jim McMahon exactly. and they actually scored points a lot and then they were up all games so they could pin their ears back and blitz all the time. That's what I, made them really good. Jets I, don't have that. I know we're an hour into the show, but like I want to talk about this super quick. I think this is the best Jets defense I've ever seen in my life. Now, I'm only 25 years old, but I was very much alive and watching during those 2009-2010 defenses. This is better. The Jets defense right now is better than those defenses, in my opinion. You can make a legitimate argument that they have the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I don't even think that one's debatable. I think it's pretty indisputable. The Jets have not only the best cornerback duo, but the best cornerback trio with Michael Carter. I don't think that's I don't think that's a debate. You could make an argument they have the best linebacker duo in the NFL. The only other options I would consider other than CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams are San Fran's duo of Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Baltimore's duo of Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Other than that, I don't think anyone else is even in that discussion. I think the Jets indisputably have a top three linebacker duo. And then the defensive line, they have the highest pressure rate in the NFL. They have guys like Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson, who, by the way, since week five, are NFL leaders number one and number two in total pressures. (laughs) Since week five, Bryce Huff's number one, Jermaine Johnson's number two. They have Quinton Williams, who is PFF's number two defensive tackle this season. I don't give a shit about the sacks. He's top five in pressures, and he's PFF's number one graded run defender. And you want to know why all these other guys are getting sacks it's because of Quinn and Williams and then you got guys like John Franklin Myers who's one of the most underrated players in the team and continues continues to be Quentin Jefferson who's been a good a good signing for them that D-line is deep it is talented all around I think this is one of the best defenses that I have seen any NFL team have in years the numbers may not show it for a touchdown at yes. all and that, that's, that's the problem is I, I can make that claim and then people be like oh well they rank this against the run they rank this against the it's because they have zero and I mean zero help from their offense it with an even average offense not only would the Jets like statistically would that defense look even better would it be number one in pretty much everything but the Jets would be legitimate Super Bowl contenders that's all we asked for this offseason was an average offense. Instead, once again, they have probably the worst offense in the league, maybe besides the Tommy DeVito-led Giants. That's that's And that sucks. And it the makes me so offense mad. In the last two years in the NFL, has scored 22 points a game. If the Jets scored 22 points in every single game in the last two years, keep in mind, they're 11-14 and 14 yeah. in that span. Do you know what their record would be? 20-5. and five. And that's including this loss to the Chargers where they have average offense counting this loss to the Chargers 20 and five. That's why we're so pissed. That's like they blew a chance to go 20 and five and literally lost between eight and nine extra games because of their Zach Wilson loyalty. So with that predictions time, uh, I blew, I thought the Chargers were going to lose. I really did. did. I'm going to go. See, I have a hard time just saying, all right, I know that Justin Herbert beat him, though it was not through him specifically. I can't see back-to-back weeks, Aiden O'Connell both going 2-0 and and winning against this defense. So I'm going to say thir- I'm going to say 16-10 to 10 Jets. I think they get one – it's going to the formula they've had. One fluky big play, Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall, probably Brees. Which, by the way, every remember that Brees Hall touchdown that they've had? Do you know the Jets haven't had a touchdown drive of longer than one play since yep. week four? Yep. They literally have not had a good sustained touchdown drive in a month. That's, That's where we're at. Insane. 
Which is insane. And they're also 8-0 when Brees Hall scores a touchdown. They've still not lost the game when Brees Hall scores a touchdown. Exactly. And with that, I still think, just because I have a hard time, I know Herbert played badly, but Herbert also got some extra points gift-wrapped to him by the Jets. If Salah Sala is not going to change the quarterback, that should be point of emphasis number one. So I think point of – but it's not. So what is going to be point of emphasis number one this week is don't turn the GD ball over. Now, that's going to result in a conservative game plan and the most boring, impossible-to-watch game ever, but I think it'll be just enough to take down O'Connor, who actually has played better than I thought he would. I think he's actually got pretty accurate arm. I just want to see him against a very active Jets defensive line before I make any big sweeping decisions on his skill as a quarterback. Last week, I predicted the Jets loss, and they did lose. I, we also should apologize that the two worst games the Jets have played this season, we brought on a guest. that We did that for the Cowboys game, and then they got slaughtered, and then we brought him on, brought on Jason Reed, our, our good pal Jason Reed, for the Chargers game, and the Jets proceeded to lose by 21 points on prime time. So maybe we should, to 16 when we have guests on in these pregame things. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't bring on guests. That's, that's what I'm learning from this. I apologize. But I'm going to pick a Jets loss. And not only just to go against you, I just I think knowing the Zach Wilson cycle, he's going to have a bad game again. I think I'll say 13 to 10. And here's how I think it goes down. I think the one touchdown the Jets get is a little slant where Garrett Wilson just takes care of the rest. It's like a 70 yard gain. And then it inflates Zach Wilson's stats. So that after the game, people go, look, look at Zach Wilson's numbers. He threw for 200 yards when 70 of them were on one play to Garrett Wilson where he threw a five yard slant. I have a feeling that might happen. Jets lose 13 to 10. Zach is bad, turns it over a couple of times, probably fumbles again, maybe like a pick sprinkled in. Um, but it's not enough that they consider benching him. And I think he gets another start. And then who the hell knows after that? Maybe with his job on the line again, he wins. He he, he plays well and 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 continues to start like he did. Against with the Bills in Buffalo? Hey, man, I don't know. I, did you expect him to play that well against the Chiefs? No. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know what to I'll think say, anymore. <laughs> I'll say 13-10 Raiders win. I think the Jets get a long Garrett Wilson touchdown and Zach Wilson turns it over a couple times, ultimately costing the team. And then Aiden O'Connell sacked like five times, but ultimately they win the uh, the takeaway battle and they win the game. That's what I'll say. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's what I'll say. And with that, we're going to call time on this very cathartic Jet Press podcast. A lot of hooting and hollering, but how could you not with Zach Wilson playing the way he is. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be you get your podcasts. We're on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe there. Make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, not for our egos. It's to get us up those review charts. If you want to get ever give a super thanks, we would be eternally, eternally grateful for that. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I'll let Justin sign off. Would you say we'd be super thankful? I'll, I'll just finish the show. <laughs> Robin chat said it's mock draft time. Boy, I cannot wait to do our first mock draft on the show. That's going to be so much fun. I'm hoping, though, that we don't have to do that for another few months. Hopefully, we're still talking about potential playoff football or at least some, some analysis that's not draft analysis because I'm tired of talking about the draft in September and October. Anyway, again, we always appreciate all of your comments, even if we disagree with some of them. Always appreciate the banter. Always appreciate talking some Jets uh, in the midweek. And, of course, we stream live after every game. Anyway, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow the Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download Jet Press Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on YouTube, TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. Like I said, we stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and live immediately following every Jets game. 
Thank you all for listening to Jet Press Podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We'll see you guys next time. Let's hope Zach Wilson doesn't have a repeat of last time because I don't know what I'll do if that happens. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.